honey bees flying around, little green peas from the ground, buttermilk biscuits nice and brown. Bring it to Tennessee farm table, butter beans, peas, beets and chard, chickens running in the yard, catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to Tennessee farm table, cast on skillets, good and hot, watch it steam and crack and pop, cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop him black gang candy stripes. Look at him loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Good Saturday morning, and welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table. This is a radio show and podcast created to spotlight the people of our region who produce, preserve, and prepare our regional foods and agricultural products. This is your hostess and producer, Amy Campbell. The song that you just heard was sung by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. She comes from Madisonville, Tennessee, and uh, she's gotten quite popular This morning, we're setting the table with veteran food writer Sherry Castle. She's going to tell us about all her good work with good old Southern Comfort Food and an upcoming event where she's going to be the keynote speaker called the Great Smoky Mountain Food Days. Now, Sherry for years has been behind all those recipes in Southern Living. Also, we have a little visit with Jeffrey Alejandro. He's the chef and owner of the Knoxville restaurant called Ollie B. That's located in the Old City, and he'll let us know details of tomorrow's big city food event called The Long Table. It's a fundraiser for CSA Beardsley Community Farm located in Knoxville, Tennessee. So thank you for visiting with us here today on the radio or podcast. I sure am happy to have your good company. Now let's get to it. We are talking today with Sherry Castle by the phone, and thanks so much for your time, Sherry. Delighted to spend time with you. Okay, and so what we're talking about is the Great Smoky Mountain Food Day event, and you're the keynote speaker, and it's so exciting that you're coming to Knoxville. I love spending time in Knoxville. I have good friends there, and when I heard about this event and and all, I thought, yes, I'm coming. I'm coming no matter what. Well, okay, for the listeners who might not be familiar with your work, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your work in the world of Southern Foods? Sure. I grew up in Watauga County, which is in the northwestern corner of North Carolina. I consider myself a proud mountain person, even though I've lived down off the mountain for decades now. And I am mainly a food writer. I do uh, teach cooking classes, but as a food writer, I write cookbooks for myself and help other people write their books. And I do a lot of magazine work and some menu development. But my favorite thing is to get to come to an event such as the one that, you know, we're going to have in Knoxville and talk about food and the role that it plays in our culture, in our history, in our families, and as part of just living the good life. You know, one of my favorite things, this is off our interview questions, but at Biscuit Fest this past year, uh-huh. you were 
in the Southern Food Writer Conference. Right. And um, there was somebody up on stage, and they said um, there's two different pronunciations or a bunch of them for the word Appalachian. And they said Appalachian. And I loved under your breath, you said Appalachian. And I do. I do it. My daughter does it. My whole family does. It's our little civil disobedience because I am staunchly loyal that it is Appalachian. And, you know, mainly because I think a body should pronounce a place the way the people that call it home pronounce it. But also, from what I've been told by people far more uh, knowledgeable about history than I, it was named originally for the Appalachian Indians. And I think that that right there is tells us how we ought to be saying it. But yes, I do mutter under my breath as you know as a correction about it. <laughs> Sherry, what would you consider? I know you probably get asked this all the time, but what would you consider your favorite meal? Oh, you know, I do get asked that, and it, it my answer might surprise people, but maybe not. It would be the quintessential meal of my Appalachian childhood, which would be soup beans and cornbread with either chow chow or some slaw on it. Mm. And it's humble, and it's filling, and it is so good to me. In mind, body, and soul, it could nearly bring a, uh, a tear to my eyes. It will always be my favorite meal. When I'm stressed, I mean, or, or even when I'm not, when I want to celebrate, we all want that taste of home and that's soup beans and cornbread to me yes ma'am well friday night there is going to be a soup bean and cornbread dinner too that's what i heard yes (laughs) (laughs) so that'll be really good it will be and you know it to me that it's interesting too that something so elemental and so simple yet there's different ways to make it and so i can't wait to see how these cooks and these experts are gonna are gonna are gonna make their beans and cornbread for your off times and just your fun time off the clock what what's your favorite kind of thing to do sherry I love to read. If I get a chance, I love to read. I will read magazines. I'll read the back of cereal boxes. If I can read a novel or a collection of short stories. I've been a bookworm my whole life, and it is still one of my favorite things to do. I like to go to flea markets and farmer's markets. When I go to a new city, just like I might go to an art museum or a good bookstore, I will try to find a local food market or farmer's market because I think that's the quickest way to see how people really live is Mm -hmm. to see what they're growing and selling to one another and then if I'm really lucky I um, like to take walks in the woods I try to get back up to the mountains whenever I can and just go traipsing out through the woods because I seem to have a lot more clarity out in the trees than I do out in the parking lot boy I think we can relate to that yes now what is it you're working on right now Oh gosh, I'm working on a million different things in an average week, not that any week is average. I will do anywhere from, well, maybe I should even say an average month, anywhere from one to 12 magazine articles. I usually write one or two books a year, either for myself or for a client. Um, I teach at least one cooking class a month here in Chapel Hill. There's a large cooking school. If I'm lucky, I get to do an event like this wonderful one that we're going to have in Knoxville. And then I also do regular recipe development and menu consulting for a, a company out of Atlanta and usually a couple other clients in a month. I, I'm a media spokesperson for a large grocery store chain. 
Jane. I do media rep work for some other food products. So there's not a day in the month I'm not either cooking or writing about something, usually multiple somethings every single day. Mercy gracious. Well, you're just lazy, Sherry. Yeah, I am. I, I am. I'm just lazy, trifling, and good for nothing. But, you know, but no, I, you know, I enjoy my work. I do. But, you know, it's, some days it's a job, like everybody's is, and some mm-hmm. days it's a joy. But I don't, I try to not lose sight of the fact that I am among few people that truly was able to make a career out of what I love to do. And yes. that's, you know, not many of us get to do that. So I try, I try not to complain. Mm-hmm. That doesn't always mean I'm not, but I try not to <laughs> complain because I really do enjoy my work and take great pride in it. And, you know, it seems to resonate with my readers and my users and nothing, nothing is any better than when somebody comes up to me and says, hey, I made your so-and-so or I read your story or so, and, you know, it touched me and it tasted good or it made me remember something that I have forgotten. And that's really why I do what I do is to get, is to, to try to, have that use food as a way of communication and common experience with people I think that I think it's effective I think if you ever get stuck with somebody that you need to strike up a conversation mm-hmm. ask them about food ask them about something they love to eat or love to make or something that somebody that once loved them made for them and it'll get even the shyest people talking because it's a universal experience If you've just tuned in, you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table. We're visiting with veteran food writer and Southern Comfort Food Queen, Sherry Castle. After a short break, we'll return to our visit with Sherry and hear more about what she will be talking about at this Great Smoky Mountain Food Day event. Support for the Tennessee Farm Table comes in part from Magpie's Bakery in downtown North Knoxville, just one block north of Broadway on North Central Street. Magpie's Bakery can accommodate most budgets and styles, from a simple rustic barn dance with pies, cookies, and cupcakes, to a country club affair with a custom creation. With a full selection of ready-made designs, or they can create custom designs for your special event. Images of their ready-made designs and details on custom orders and appointments at magpiescakes.com. Magpies Cakes. All butter, all the time. And here's this event I keep harping on, but it's such a good thing I'm real excited about it. The Great Smoky Mountain Food Days, an event celebrating the food of the Great Smoky Mountains shaped by the mountains, climate, and people. Takes place Friday, October 6th and Saturday, October 7th at the University of Tennessee Welcome Center in Knoxville, Tennessee. That's the old faculty club down there on Nalen. With a Smoky Mountain inspired dinner Friday night of soup beans, cornbread, and banana pudding, and on Saturday a full day of presentations and panels on fermentation, preservation, farming, and culture, along with keynote speaker, that doggone Sherry Castle. College students with an ID, there is no charge for admission, and kids under 18 are admitted for free. Details and ticket information at GreatSmokyMountainFoodDays.com and by Instagram, GSM Food Days. And now let's return to our interview with Sherry Castle.
This is so great that you are the keynote speaker to the Great Smoky Mountain Food Days event. Right. I am. I got an invitation from Jeff Roth, um, who is one of the main organizers of this event. He and I once worked on some projects together and have stayed friends ever since. And we definitely have a common passion for the food of our beloved Great Smoky Mountains. Peg and Sue that started Cowgirl Creamery, they're behind this, um, and so they want to preserve and promote our region's foods. Exactly. I mean, you know, I think that, that in the last couple of years, the rest of the world is catching on to what those of us that are from this area, you know, either originally or have adopted this area as our home, have understood is that it is a very distinct cuisine. It, you know, cuisine is the word for it. It is different from the rest of Southern food. It's really different from foods you might find anywhere else in the United States, and that it deserves study and honor and preservation and eating and all the things we may assign to say you know low country cooking or new orleans cooking or something we have a mountain cuisine and it's wonderful it is and um i'm so glad that you're going to be there um to share your passion for this and um so you're the keynote speaker on saturday and and, um what kind of things are you going to be talking about well, I'm really going to just tr- go over, you know, what is mountain food? How is it different and similar to other southern food? And why is it really more like the food of New England than the food of the rest of the South? And, you know, what what aspects and characteristics of mountain food and our food waste put us on the world stage? I mean, you know, there are things that I believe mountain people are able to do that are as good as you're going to find of that category anywhere on earth. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to talk about that. You know, what is it? Why does it matter? And why does it, you know, strike us in the heart so much? Because we're bragging we're bragging on our hometown ways. My dad has an expression says it's a pitiful frog that won't croak about its own pond. Why will croak about our own pond a little bit? <laughs> That's wonderful. That's so good. I'd love for you, if you would, to tell us your favorite cookbook, Sherry, that you've done. Oh, that I have done, and, you know, I think this may be my answer my whole life, even though I certainly hope to write more books, but the first one that ever came out with my name on the cover um, is called The New Southern Garden Cookbook, mm-hmm. and that book came out in April of 2011, but keeps plugging along, and it's huge. I, you know, I, it was my first book, so I think I thought I wanted to try to say everything in case I didn't get another chance, so it's about <laughs> 360 recipes. Um of of food from my past, food that I invented, food that I've experienced and so forth. They're all my original recipes plus stories, but the thing that makes the book a little bit unusual is the way that it's organized. Instead of appetizer soups, salads, and so forth, it's organized apples through zucchini because every recipe starts with something fresh that you might get out of the garden or out of a farmer's market or from a neighbor handing you a bag of something over the fence it's not side dishes and it's not vegetarian it's a full purpose cookbook but it always starts with something fresh apples through zucchini and i 
had to fight hard with the publisher to let the, the, me try that organization. But I kept saying, this is how fresh food comes in our lives. I've never seen anybody head out to the garden with a recipe and say, I'm going to pick a quarter cup of beans and a half a tomato or something. You go out and you pick what's ready. If you go to the farmer's market, you shop with your eyes. You come home with your, your bags and your baskets of whatever is the most appealing and fresh and abundant and affordable that day. And so I thought, if this is how food comes into our lives, how much easier would it be to use a cookbook where you say, hey, I got a bowl full of peaches on the counter. Let me go to the peach chapter. And so I love that book. I love what it's done for people. I love what it's done for me. And I still think the food's good. I make stuff out of it all the time, right in my own kitchen. How do people get a hold of you? Well, I do have a website, which is SherryCastle.com, and my Sherry is spelled S-H-E-R-I, so it's SherryCastle.com, and uh, through that, they can email me. My phone number's on there. I'm easy to find because I really think that one of the, you know, one of the reasons that I do the work that I do rather than, say, in a restaurant or something like that is I love to hear from people. I love to swap stories and answer questions and whatever I can do to make cooking be a more enjoyable and successful experience for people so you know through that people can find out where I'm speaking or appearing or teaching I usually uh, add links to any of my most recent magazine articles or if I'm in the newspaper or something so sherrycastle.com is kind of you know sherry central for how people can find me and get in touch with me good deal well sherry castle what a treat to talk with you well, I've enjoyed this. You know, you and I have been friends for years, and I hope this is the first of several chances we get to talk about, about these things that matter so much to both of us. And if you've just tuned in, you've been listening to an interview with food writer Sherry Castle. Details and links about this event we've been talking about and how to get in touch with Sherry can always be found at TennesseeFarmTable.com under the tab that says Listen to the Show. And now let's hear from Chef Jeffrey Alejandro. He owns and runs Ollie B in the old city of Knoxville, and he and a bunch of other food and beverage related people who own businesses in Knoxville's old city got together and created this event called The Long Table. 100% of the proceeds from this event, which occurs tomorrow, go right back into CAC Beardsley Community Farm. And uh, if you might not be familiar with CAC Beardsley Community Farm, they grow food and give it to people who can't grow their own food or for some kind of physical limitation or economic limitation cannot go and get their own food. Um, it's a really good thing. It's right in the heart of Knottsville. And let's hear from Jeffrey right now. Okay, you're telling me about this dinner with mm-hmm. Beardsley Farm. So, yeah. when is it again? It's, uh, it's called the Long Table Dinner. Uh-huh. It is Sunday the 24th. Um, and it's going to be in the middle of the street in Central. So great. And there is uh, Ollie B, Wild Love, um, Pretentious Beer Glass, Crown of Goose, um, Jig and Reel is going to have the music for it, and Old City Wine Bar. 
So it's like everybody that's in the old city is doing it together. That's fantastic. Yeah. Is Postmodern doing something? They're going to do a drink as well. Yeah, okay. Postmodern's do a drink, and they've helped with a lot of uh, advertisement stuff for us. And right. like they're really good at the design. Um, but they're going to do like a, a introducer, a greeter cocktail. Well, and this is all to benefit Beardsley Farm? Yeah, every, literally everything that we get, 100% donation to Beardsley. We're going to pay for the, um, you know, the plates and the dishes that we're renting um, uh-huh. and cover those costs and closing the street down. But everything else, 100% to Beardsley. Wonderful. That's so great. Yeah. Where can they get tickets? Online? They, yeah, a uh, brown paper bag. Okay. And it's the long table. Um, and then everybody's Facebook has a link to it as well. Great. Um, and I, we're trying to have 100 people. We have about 70 right now. Oh, I just saw 70 good. tickets are sold to so. Uh-huh. We have 30 more, and I think we're going to get it. Well, and it, please tell everybody who you are again and what the name of your restaurant is, if you would. <laughs> yeah. I am Jeffrey D'Alejandro, and I'm the chef and owner at Ollie B. All right. And you've been doing stuff for Beardsley Farm for a long time, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, Beardsley. Uh, I've had a close connection with Beardsley for the last nine years. Um, and... Uh, every year I do about two, three events for them. Um, Raise the Roots, I've done once. Did a part of their soup competition. Doing a dinner like the long table. They're just um, a really important thing for me to have in our city and support. So. And some people might not know what they do. Well, what they do is that's totally non-profit. Um, but they give all their food to people, either uh, food hubs, people in need. They donate all their food every single drop of it they um and the farm has grown to be a a just unbelievable farm has their own honey chickens um doing just so much they're fermenting some of their potatoes and onions like it's ridiculous what they're doing and they teach a lot they they teach a lot of people the skills that they don't know Um, you can call them and ask them what they what you should plant for the year like they're so kind it's like ridiculous so they are um Con has has been a very big person for that organization, and um, her and Charlotte have worked with both of them for a while now, and they're just so good to me. They're good, good humans. They are, they are. And we're talking about the CAC Beardsley Community Farm, and talking with Jeffrey Alejandro. Thank you so much Thank again. Thank you. Thank you. And it's the long. And of course, I put a link to this event on TennesseeFarmTable.com under the tab that says listen to the show. We want to say thank you so much for your great company here today at the Tennessee Farm Table. We hope that you can join us again right back here next week at 9 or online at TennesseeFarmTable.com. Our theme song was written by myself, Amy Campbell, and beautifully performed by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. More information about Emmy Sunshine at theemmysunshine.com. That's spelled T-H-E-E-M-I sunshine.com. We want to say thank you to WDVX for bringing to you pure community broadcasting just like this show. They are our media partner, and we couldn't do this without them. More information at WDVX.com. We'd love to invite you to connect with us on Twitter and Facebook at TennesseeFarmTable.com and check out our podcast on your smartphone, tablet, or computer, 
or on iTunes, or just search for Tennessee Farm Table. A big list of all of our shows will appear. We hope you have a good week, and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.